Welcome to the other party, got that vibe Well, you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got that light, so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the After Party. So today, we're gonna be talking about some interesting Apple news, of course. We're gonna talk about uh, what's new with Daily Tech this week, and I don't know, who knows what else we'll hit along the way. Um, before we get too much further, let's just talk about behind-the-scenes stuff, what's going on with Daily Tech first. There was, and continues to be, a little bit of fallout. I kinda told you guys that we made this switch um, and stepped away from using an agency to represent us in sponsorship deals. And, um, you know, that's been a little bit uh, of a hassle. I'll just put it like that. Um, kind of taking away some of my mind share from the creation of just content. Uh, but that's good. It's something that needs to happen. I'm very excited for it to happen. I should say we are, the whole team here, um, to move on, move past that. And already new... Uh, promising better new partnerships are developing and all i can say is wow the future is going to be awesome for daily tech i'm just i can't believe it i can't believe sometimes that this is my life that i get to live you know it's humbling to to have these kinds of big opportunities sometimes just drop in your lap and at other points too i think back and i'm like well you know i worked really hard to make this happen and so it's not surprising. I always thought that this was going to happen, but it's just that transition that I'm in the middle of right now where I went from just kind of being that dreamer um, who had big plans and wanted to do big things to going through the phase of like actually putting in all the work. And then now I'm really starting to see that work pay off in ways that I just, I just haven't experienced before. You always, this is the stuff that you dreamt about before and you're like, well, is it really gonna happen? And it's, it's that kind of stuff, it's like starting to happen and I just can't believe it. Um, so very, very excited for the future. And what that means is it's taken a little bit of planning and stuff too, but I did get some good videos out uh, recently. I put up a great uh, iPhone 12 accessories video that wasn't just for iPhone 12 you know, users. I tried to pick stuff that was really cool for like any iPhone. And what I mean by that is not just MagSafe specific. And so that was very cool, and and that's another reason why the Clips channel is gonna end up being so great, I think, for me and for everybody, for you guys, because I talked about three or four really awesome accessories within that video that I think, you know, they deserve a life of their own. Uh, the things that were said and demoed, you know, as part of that bigger video, and now people can go out and just you know, find just the part about that one accessory. And if you want, you can still get the full video too. I think it's, it's just great. I'm really enjoying it. It's a ton of extra work to put up these clips. Um, but I think it's gonna massively pay off, not just for me, but, but for you guys as the audience, you have more options for how you wanna consume stuff. And then, then people who aren't even fans yet also are gonna be encountering us more because I feel like the clips are like little ads for our main channel. Because YouTube is, as you probably know, or was recently, but I, I think it still is, like the second biggest search engine there is just behind Google itself, which is funny because Google obviously owns YouTube, but people go there and they search for stuff like how to do this or, you know, demo this. And, you know, the clips are going to show up there and advertise daily tech and the channel. It's going to be awesome. Um, but those are future fans out there waiting to encounter the brand and me and, you know, the community here, you guys that are going to be running into these clips. 
So the accessories video was cool. I got to test some stuff that I'd been wanting to forever. The Razer Kishi, the gaming controller, um, the Osmo Mobile 4, a smart water bottle, uh, the new Beats Flex headphones, some stuff that, um, well, brand new. The Beats Flex were brand new. Those just showed up. But, you know, the other things, they're like things that I've been wanting to try for a while, and it was hard to not go get them, unbox them, experience them before. It was hard to save them for the video. So glad that I finally was able to do that. Uh, then, of course, I got my hands on the iPad Air. That was a long time in coming. I'm glad that it happened. I got the green version, um, and it was awesome. Did the unboxing. It was just as cool as I expected it to be. Um, tried out the new Touch ID, which was weird, since I'm used to the iPad Pro, because it's the same kind of form factor, right? Just a different color. Now uses the Magic Keyboard, which is crazy. Um, but, you know, it was a little different, not unlocking it with my face, unlocking it instead with my finger. But it worked good. I liked it. Um, so I expect big things now from the iPad Pro lineup uh, to differentiate from the iPad Air, but it's really cool. Um, the unboxing was good. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth going and watching and seeing, even though it says it's an unboxing, and I haven't done a lot of unboxings, you guys know that, on the channel, um, but the unboxing for me, it's not really about the unboxing, it's just an opportunity to talk about the product and to go through the expectations and to point things out that maybe wouldn't even be in the review. So I feel like that's a solid video that's definitely worth checking out. And of course, I went through some of the accessories, not just the keyboard, uh, but also a Logitech keyboard, uh, the smart cover, the Apple Pencil, all that stuff. I also put out an iPhone 12 versus 12 Pro video, which, uh, you know, it's, it was like a utilitarian thing. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be a smash hit, but when someone goes to make that purchase decision, like which one should I get? I wanted to break it down and make it as easy as possible to know what the actual differences are because I can see a lot of people just being like, what's the difference? I don't get it. And so I pointed out, made it super simple. That was cool. And then I actually made a video you're never gonna see. Well, I shouldn't say that. You'll see parts of it. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if you guys can tell from the studio setup right now, we got five cameras running that may soon turn into six for a very interesting and cool reason, which I can't talk about right now. Um, but there's a monitor off to my left. It's an LG monitor. I don't know, is it 27 inches? Might be a little bigger, maybe 32, I'm not sure. But anyways, I've got a camera aimed at it and it's like a product shot. So when I'm talking, I've got like the overhead that's aimed at, at whatever it is I'm talking about. Um, I've got like a front side view. I've got a rear side view looking past my head and, and I've got this other camera angle pointed and it's pointing at the screen and it's using a lens that gives me a nice blurry background but I went out and I purchased all these really great motion graphics um, to play in the back. And then I went through, I looked up what's the longest video you can upload to YouTube. And it was like 12 hours. So what I did was I made a private video and I took these um, repeating patterns kind of real futuristic, nice looking stuff. That's gonna be this nice B-roll angle, you know? So, well not clips, it's a 12 hour video broken down into 12 hour repeating awesome patterns and stuff that then I can go on and throw up on that monitor there and then have different rotating, very cool angles that, you know, so I want it to be different from video to video. And, and before I was actually just using the screensaver uh, from the Mac and it was providing some motion and some interest, uh, but I wanted to make it a little bit more formal and interesting. And so I'm excited about that. You're not going to see it. You know, you can't just see the video. It's unlisted, but you will see it in that you'll see uh, it in the background in some of the shots on a rotating basis throughout the video, through the channel. So I think that's pretty cool. It's actually a little bit innovative. There are other creators out there doing some multicam stuff. 
I haven't seen anybody do, uh, and by the way, the, the angle that is shooting that is either uh, 60 frames per second or 120 frames per second, depending on how I've got it set up. And it's in real time. So I'm getting real-time B-roll of whatever I'm shooting with this beautiful moving background without ever getting out of my chair. So I don't have to go somewhere else to like get really cool-looking B-roll and then splice it together later. It's all synced up through audio when I go into Final Cut Pro to edit. It, it just looks good. It saves me a bunch of time. It makes the, you know, the content more interesting. So I feel like it is a little bit innovative and there's a lot of other ideas that I have for just making uh, content cooler, better, pushing the limits. Um, it just takes some more resources and we're finally you know, getting to a point where we can like do that. And so I'll just leave it there, but all that to say, yeah, I put up a video you're not gonna be able to really see directly. And then uh, actually just this morning, um, I published an iPhone 12 Dolby Vision HDR video and this thing ate up my week. I was fully, you know, planning on putting out like five videos or something this week. And instead I only ended up doing three or so. The reason is because I went out, as you guys know, I guess to back up a little bit, the iPhone 12 lineup shoots in Dolby Vision, which is Dolby's brand of HDR, high dynamic range content. And so I wanted to test that. And I went and shot it, went downtown, got some interesting clips. Um, that was really easy and then brought it back, edited it in iMovie on the iPad Air. You can see all this in the video and we'll go through it. There, there was there, some issues popped up for me, let's just say that. And I, I realized that there was a lot um, that I could share from my experience of trying to, to shoot some video to show you guys um, that, and anyways, I put all of that knowledge into that video. I don't know if it's gonna be super popular, but it will answer questions like, what is HDR, what is Dolby Vision? Um, does it actually make a difference and show you visually if that's the case? Uh, even down to, you know, what is it like editing that? Where, what software can you use to edit it, to share it? Um, what is it like editing that on the iPad Air? Can it handle it? But spoiler alert, yes it can. Uh, you know, why can't you edit it in Final Cut Pro? That's Apple's flagship, you know, editing thing. Uh, you know, can you share it on YouTube? Does YouTube even play uh, Dolby Vision content? And it, it's quite a thing. And along the way, Jonathan Morrison actually um, had helped me out to figure out some of it. So uh, shout out to him. He's always a super nice, helpful dude, even though I know he was really busy. So really appreciate him it, just as part of this community, but also personally for helping. All right, well, before we get into all the Apple news, let's start by just saying The Mandalorian is back on Disney Plus season two, and I'm kind of excited about that. Not kind of, like I've been waiting for this. It turns out The Mandalorian is one of the only shows that's current that I actually care about and will tune into. If you didn't know, I'm really into Star Wars. I like Star Wars stuff, um, have for a long time. And I don't know how I feel about the whole expanded Disney takeover and, and how things have gone in the movie bit side of things. But uh, I do actually really like and appreciate The Mandalorian, where it's going, what Jon Favreau's done. It's been nice. That has been a good uh, storyline for me. And I like the effects, even as a, a movie guy like that makes videos, um, I've loved the behind the scenes stuff, like how they shoot, you know, they're pushing the boundaries with this show in terms of how they're doing backgrounds and stuff, not using green screens, but using these new techniques. And, and it's just cool all around. Very interesting show for me um, from plot to how they make it. So I've been waiting for it to come out. I've been so excited for it. I saw them advertising to me on Twitter and I hearted the tweet so that I'd get a reminder when it came out because I would have totally forgotten. But today's the day. It's going to be available. It's going to be like 
Sunday before I actually get around to it. It's the only reason I'm subscribed to Disney+. Plus. Uh, you know, there's some movies on there. You got the Marvel movies and, and some other Star Wars content and, and some other content. And that's fine. But I'm really there for the Mandalorian. Also, before we get into the Apple stuff, let me just say um, I saw an interesting tweet from Quinn Nelson, a.k.a. Snazzy Q, uh, talking about the length of videos and how the YouTube algorithm handles them. And so he said he had tried out, experimented with publishing a shorter video recently. Got really high click-throughs, like so the click-through rate, CTR, was really high. That meant there was a lot of interest from his actual subscribers. They clicked. But that it really dropped off the views over time because the algorithm wasn't promoting it. So specifically, I'm just looking this up here. Uh, here's the Well, here's the tweet. He said, well... I've experimented with making a shorter video and I've been brutally punished by the algorithm despite sky-high click-through rates from 1 of 10, the video ranked, to 5 of 10 in 24 hours. And then he posts the pictures and he asks, why are all your favorite creators making longer videos? Because of YouTube. So if you don't know, if you're not a YouTube creator, you go into the back end and you publish a video and it lets you know it ranks it against your last 10 videos. So he's saying it ranked one out of 10, the best video in terms of views right after being published compared to the others. Uh, and then it slipped to number five. Now there's a good deal of creators out there complaining that their video is doing bad and blaming the algorithm. And I don't think that's what Snazzy Q is doing here. Um, he's a smart dude and I know that's not what he's saying. And I think that there's something to what he's saying in terms of YouTube absolutely is pushing creators to make longer uh, content. And here's why. Here's the thing. YouTube's after ad revenue, obviously, which is tied to minutes watched on the site. They want to keep people on the site um, for longer, for as long as possible. So if you produce a 10-minute video and people watch 50% of that, let's say, then they've watched five minutes. If you produce a 20-minute video and they watch uh, 50%, then they've watched double that. They've watched a 10-minute video. And for me, in my you know own channel and experimentation, my latest videos have been landing at around 14 minutes, 12 to 14 minutes. And if I publish something that's nine minutes, then I've noticed, yeah, it's going to have trouble competing, getting ranked uh, on YouTube. And the unfortunate thing is there's good information in there. And so what's interesting is we've been experimenting with the Clips channel recently, and those clips... You know, let's say I do a video about uh, the iPhone and all, you know, the iPhone 12 and all its new capabilities and features. Well, you know, the actual walkthrough or video or whatever might be 14 minutes, but then I might post like three or four or five clips from within that that are like two or three minutes each. Well, over on the Clips channel, those do very well uh, because the Clips channel is its own separate thing. And so YouTube says like, okay, well, the average video you know, length over here is like three minutes. So if I'm gonna rank the latest upload on this clips channel, this is the algorithm talking, <laughs> I gave it a voice, then, you know, uh, if people are watching like 50%, that's like a minute and a half. Uh, and so the algorithm isn't skewed um, by having these shorter clips. If I uploaded a three minute video to my main YouTube channel where I'm normally publishing like 14 minute videos, it would just die, it would wither, it would wilt, it would be forgotten. And so I think it is smart for YouTube uh, creators to experiment. And that's why a lot of, you know, the podcasting community is where it started doing clip stuff. But I have started uh, clipping up my actual main YouTube videos, not just podcast stuff. I think that that's a decent way to respond. The unfortunate thing is, what if you have a video that only takes eight minutes or in its entirety to explain or talk about? Then what? 
you know, as a creator, you've got like four minutes of dead space to fill or something, or, you know, maybe you usually publish like five minute videos and you can only come up with like three minutes of actual solid content. It's a problem that that is tricky. That's hard. And then we get back into the issue of like creator burnout too. So stepping way back, I think if you're going to be a YouTube creator, the best advice is to, um, create about a subject that you're so passionate about. You could talk about it like indefinitely. That is going to help a lot. Cause for me, I sort of have the, the opposite problem is like, I, I can talk too much about Apple stuff or tech stuff because I'm so into it, so passionate and genuinely like it. So it's actually pretty easy to create fairly long content. And actually I end up paring it down to that 12 or 14 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something that's kind of interesting. Uh, and when it comes to Apple news, the iPhone 12 launched, it has MagSafe, which means you can, uh, there's a magnet on certain accessories that just attaches, snaps on to your iPhone or, you know, whether that's a case or an additional accessory like a wallet, a magnetic wallet accessory that Apple makes that can magnetically attach to either your phone or your case. There's this whole ecosystem of MagSafe accessories now. And let me just back up here and say, when I first heard that MagSafe was coming out, my very first thought was, because we had a sponsored video from a regular iPhone case um, coming up, my first thought was, wow, all these other case makers are not gonna sell many cases now because of MagSafe and they're not gonna have MagSafe. Now, I see a rush of uh, you know companies like OtterBox, for instance, coming out with MagSafe compatible cases. Um, Belkin is making some really interesting MagSafe compatible stuff. I've covered that in some other videos. Well, some cases, I don't know if it has to do with the thickness or what. I haven't investigated this thoroughly. I'm just letting you guys know. It's like uh, a public service announcement, right? But some cases uh, apparently don't interfere with the MagSafe technology. So in other words, there are certain cases out there that aren't MagSafe themselves. They don't have magnets but uh, you can put it on your phone and then it will still wirelessly charge and snap into place with MagSafe because probably it's just not too thick as my guess. But that's not the case with all cases. That's funny, I'm saying case a lot. I can see it on Twitter. There's a lot of comments where people are saying, look, I've tried you know, 10 or 12 cases and only like three or four or five worked with MagSafe um, that were non-MagSafe cases. But it's funny because uh, even The Verge had a story that said OtterBox reveals first third-party MagSafe cases for the iPhone 12, and the subtitle is, these might be the only non-Apple options for a while. Well, maybe not. Maybe your regular case is gonna work. Do some research. Let's talk about iPhone 12 popularity for a second. Before we get into this, do you think the iPhone 12 is gonna be popular? You know, you probably saw the event or read up, you know, caught up with the news. Based on the features though, do you think the iPhone 12 is gonna be popular this year? Well, it turns out it's actually quite popular in terms of sales so far versus the iPhone 11 last year at the same time. I see the article right here, iPhone 12 pre-orders twice that of last year's iPhone 11. The pro demand is also higher than expected. Well, this is very interesting because, you know, based on the comments on all my iPhone content, I see a lot of people saying, you know, it's not enough of an upgrade. I'm coming from an 11 and you know, I just don't see enough to make me upgrade, which I get. I honestly think if you have maybe the iPhone 11 or the iPhone 10, you almost don't 
have to upgrade yet. But if you're any older than two generations, then I think the iPhone 12 becomes very compelling. And guess what? There are a lot of people who have a phone that's older than two, the last two recent generations. Why? Because people have been hanging on to their phones more than ever, especially in the pandemic. People are like, I'm, I'm going to hang on to my money. I'm not going to spend it as much unless I have to. But a lot of people are finding that they do have to. If you've held on to your phone for a long time, my wife is one of these people that like wants to hang on to her phone for as long as humanly possible, whereas I'm the opposite. And I always want to get one every single year, regardless. But I have to because I'm a tech reviewer. But still, you know, just the other day, I've been saying, hey, maybe you want to get the iPhone SE or maybe you want to get this iPhone. And it's always like, no, no, no. She's got like a crack in the display. She just loves hanging on to it as long as possible. Um, but I think finally she may be looking at the iPhone uh, mini, the 12 mini, because uh, she couldn't get the latest update installed. She ran out of space, ran out of storage. I forget exactly how old her phone is. It's older than I could imagine using. But, uh, you know, it, you know, she can't update to the latest software update because she just ran out of space. So there are people who are running into other issues like that. You just, at some point you have to get a new phone. And it looks like, for whatever reason, a lot of people, the Nexus, the Vortex is, is happening and everyone's getting sucked into these iPhone 12 updates. So just to give you an idea of how much more popular the iPhone 12 is so far based on pre-orders versus the 11 last year, it says right here, uh, the pre-orders reached somewhere between 1.7 and 2 million Guess how long? Within the first 24 hours. Wow. Apple just made a lot of money. Contrasting to 500,000 to 800,000 during the same period for the iPhone 11. So yeah, that's a massive spike. Now the last super spike that we saw with iPhones really happened back when Apple introduced their uh, larger screen. Uh, when, you know, the first time there was a Max iPhone display, people freaked out and liked it and got it. And you know, here it is, it's saying right here, it's widely predicted that Apple's first 5G phones would generate another super cycle. That's apparently what we're starting to see the beginning of. Here's the crazy thing too though, only two of the new four iPhone models have even been announced yet. The regular iPhone 12 and the iPhone 12 Pro. The iPhone 12 mini and the 12 Pro Max, those are gonna be up for pre-order in about six days here. And so yeah, I could see you know sales topping uh, the pre-sale could top the iPhone 6, which was around like 4 million by the time you combine it all. What's really interesting though, is that, you know, for a lot of people, they're just saying like, what's new? You know, um, you get the telephoto lens, you get the LiDAR sensor, if you get the Pro for instance, uh, the storage of course has increased the max storage. Uh, there's a very small difference in the brightness. We're talking like 800 nits versus 625. Most people won't know. There's something new called Apple Pro Raw. Don't know if you've delved into that. Better night mode portraits. But when it all adds up, and you know, there's a new design. If, in fact, if you wanna know everything that's new with the phones, check out the channel, check out the Clips channel. There's so much content that I put out there to help you actually distinguish between the phones and what's new and what's not. But here's what uh, is being predicted. This is uh, Kuo. You guys may have heard that name from Apple News. Um, iPhone 12 mini, 10 to 15% of the new round of iPhone sales could be that. Um, iPhone 12, the regular, would be 30 to 35%. That's a lot. Um, iPhone 12 Pro could be 30 to 35%, also a lot. And then the 12 Pro Max, 15 to 20%, which is interesting. Before, you know, which is interesting. For me, I was thinking of getting uh, this year a mini, 
and a Pro Max for myself because, as I've said, I feel like a parrot, but I never know who's listening uh, or, or watching what video or, or podcast. But uh, I like a lot of power in a small package when I'm mobile. So something like the uh, the size of the SE or the Mini is really appealing to me. And yet, to still have like an amazing camera and, and whatever, I really wish that I could get um, the Pro capabilities in that Mini form factor. But apparently, that's not going to happen. Uh, and then the the Max for the crazy sensor that they stuck in there. There's a real difference when it comes to the camera with the Max and the sensor. It's huge. But the Mini is what I was thinking I would get just for personal and then the, the Max for like business. I always get two iPhones, one for me, one for the business, and uh, one that I can actually use for pro things like shooting pro video and then posting it, editing it, uh, you know, pro photos. Um, that actually makes sense this year, really, with the Max and that sensor. But after spending some time with the 12, the regular 12, I don't know. I really like the size of it. I really like the design and it doesn't feel overly huge to me um, or bigger than I would want it to be. And now I'm, I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe that mini is gonna be smaller than I want. I really don't know. I'll have to go hands-on with that. And you guys can hit subscribe on the main channel or on the Clips channel or just listen to the podcast here um, to see what I end up doing and how I end up liking all these devices because I'm sure to do a comparison and uh, obviously the reviews. But I get it though. Uh, I, I see that people want different sizes. I see that people want better cameras. And what Apple has done, it, I think it's a little bit confusing for people now to decide which one they want, but there are a lot more opportunities for personalization. If you want that smaller size, you can get it. If you want that bigger size, you can get it. If you want truly an upgraded camera, now that's really an option. Um, if just like new and better is good enough for you and you don't need all the, be the bells and whistles, that is an option too. So options and options with colors. I think Apple's actually killing it when it comes to options, but yet retaining that amazing iOS, you know, core experience uh, at the heart of all these different phones. And just kind of as a side note, um, one thing that may kind of dampen the demand for the mini could be that it doesn't support dual SIM. I don't know if you knew that. That's like very popular over in China, for instance. So we'll see how it goes. All right, well, let's wrap this up by talking about Apple One today. Apple One is, of course, Apple's new services bundle, which will let you save a little bit of money by bundling all your different potential Apple subscriptions. And we're gonna talk a little bit about, uh, just in general, Apple One, but how much money you can save uh, with Apple One. And here at launch, things might not be exactly what you're expecting. Um, it should be launching today on the 30th here of October and it looks like one service might be missing. First of all, how do you get signed up for Apple One? What you can do, and it's actually, I think, gonna work really well if you're already sub subscribed to some stuff. You can just go into your settings on your phone, go to Apple ID, so click your name or your picture up there, go to subscriptions, and then from there, you can go ahead and select your package, your bundle. And there are a couple different Apple One bundles. Just before we get started here, what all can you get? Like what are the services that can be combined here? We're talking about Apple Music. I'm already subscribed to that. Apple TV Plus, I have the free trial. Uh, I would not yet subscribe to that on purpose. Uh, Apple Arcade, I have been on and off of that um, several times. Uh, Apple News Plus, I am subscribed to that, but also very unhappy with it. I've talked about that many times too. Um, Apple Fitness Plus, which I'm excited about. I think that's gonna end up being like the biggest breakout hit of Apple One, to be honest. Uh, and I've talked about that a lot too. It's built around your Apple Watch, kind of in a way that Peloton is built around a bike or a treadmill and then offers a lot of uh, content and classes around it. 
Um, it'll be very similar except built around your Apple Watch. Um, and then iCloud storage. We're gonna talk about iCloud storage too because there's some new options there that I'm excited about. All right, so you got three tiers. The cheapest tier is 15 bucks, it's 14.95. And you get Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, and Apple Arcade, plus 50 gigs of storage with iCloud. Not enough for me, personally, the storage. You can also get a Premier uh, tier, Premier tier, that rhymes, uh, which is 30 bucks per month, that's twice the price. But the question is, how much money can you save? Well, if you're driving around in your car listening to this podcast, uh, this may be hard for you to keep everything um, straight, but let's just go through the cost. Apple Music, that's $9.99 for individuals or $15 for a family plan. iCloud is $0.99 cents for 50 gigs, not too expensive there, $2.99 for 200 gigs. I don't know what you guys are subscribed to. I'm on the top tier right now, which has been $9.99 for two terabytes, but that's changing because I've needed it. And then Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade are both $4.99 each. Apple News Plus is $9.99 if you get it individually. And uh, then we have Apple's newest subscription, which is Apple Fitness Plus, which is gonna be $10 when it launches at the end of the year, unfortunately. So Apple One is becoming available, but it's gonna be missing that component at least for a little bit longer. Who knows when that is actually gonna be, but by the end of 2020 is what we're being told. All right, but look, if you're an individual and you're looking to save some dough, how much can you actually save? Okay, well, that individual plan is $14.95. So, long story short, you could end up saving about $6. That's not nothing, you know? Six over the course of a year, six times 12, you know, that's something. What's interesting to note though, even though there's an individual plan and a family plan, there's a little crossover. There's a few things that you can share even if you just have the individual plan, uh, let's see, which is what? The individual plan still let you share uh, Apple Arcade and TV Plus with your family without having to upgrade to the family plan. So that's nice. Uh, Apple One Family is gonna cost you $20 per month. If you subscribe to everything that the family tier is gonna give you just individually, you'd end up spending almost $30, $27.96 to be exact. So that's a savings of about $8 and one cent per month. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, again, times 12 months, that's a decent amount over a year, basically about 30% cheaper. You could also just tell yourself mentally, well, look, I'm already subscribed to Apple Music and Apple TV Plus, if that's you, I don't know who is subscribed to Apple TV Plus yet on purpose without a trial. Uh, but you also get, uh, iCloud storage, 200 gigs of it, plus Apple Arcade, you know, for like the same price. But what about that premier bundle? This is where things get expensive. If you subscribe individually to everything that Apple's gonna be offering for the Premier Bundle, which is everything, then you're talking about basically $55, $54.94. So with the Premier Bundle, you're only paying $29.95. That's a good bit of savings right there. Yeah. One little thing to note, uh, because I know a lot of people aren't gonna think about this when they're going to sign up, but all the prices that we're talking about, those are being calculated on monthly, a monthly basis. So there are a couple services where you can sign up for an annual you know, thing already and save a little bit of money that way, like 10 or 15%. I'm not calculating it based on that. We're just talking about monthly costs right now. And the nice thing is if you really do just wanna keep things a la carte and you just pick you know, Apple Music and some iCloud storage and you don't care about anything else, you can still do that. You still have the option. But speaking of storage, I mentioned earlier that I already was subscribed for the uh, two terabyte tier of iCloud because I needed it, I use it. Uh, and what's taking up all my space, of course, all the photos that I take, 
but also all that 4K video, right? When I shoot, when I shoot professionally for like YouTube and for video content, I'm shooting 4K 60 on my iPhones, but even for my personal stuff, I'm shooting 4K 60, <laughs> right? And now with the new iPhones, the iPhone uh, 12 lineup that you can shoot in Dolby Vision HDR that's 10 bit, that's a lot of data, right? To stuff into a, a video file and it's gonna take up a lot of space. So I'm very excited that Apple is gonna give us the four terabyte tier option now with the launch of Apple One. So is that something I'm gonna be signing up for? Yeah. So here's the thing. You can get storage outside of your Apple One bundle. Um, it's kind of like an extra add-on, so however much you need. So what I'm saying is you can subscribe to any of the Apple One bundles, but then you can add on like an extra 50 gigs or 200 gigs or two terabytes onto your regular fee. And uh, you know, the pricing for that is 99 cents for the 50 gigs, just a recap, uh, $3.299 for 200 gigs, and then $9.99, $10 for one terabyte. So if you want that four terabytes, how it's gonna work is that you, and you're capped to four terabytes per, you know, individual iCloud account, right? But what it's gonna cost you is $39.98 per month. So that's $30, basically $29.99 for Apple One Premiere, gotta get Premiere and then an extra 9.99 for that two terabytes of storage, that extra plan, because the Premiere already comes with two terabytes and you're adding two onto it for total. And some people might just do that just for the iCloud, but uh, then you're also getting the Apple Music Family, Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus, Apple News Plus, Apple Fitness Plus when it launches by the end of the year. But yeah, Apple One is rolling out today, and so you can get your hands on it. A lot of people have been waiting for this. They've been so excited about this, saving some money, but but plus just taking advantage of uh, some of the new content. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dig in too. I'm putting together my home gym, and I'm excited for that Fitness Plus uh, to see how that supplements or fits in. And of course, I'll be reviewing this stuff, so make sure you're subscribed on the channel. Um, make sure you're subscribed on the Clips channel. Uh, this stuff will show up there too um, if you don't wanna wade through all the big videos. Otherwise, that's it for this podcast. I hope it's been interesting and informative and awesome. Uh, always enjoy this time of the week, um, hanging out with you guys. So hope your uh, weekend is awesome or a uh, week whenever you're listening to this. And I'll catch you guys in the next podcast or video. Later. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat The reviews from Chris you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need And it's the whole crew you gotta meet After party it's the place you gotta be And you can't really beat it cause it's free Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality you should take it from me Cause we care about our customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the mommies Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it yeah. Welcome to the other party, out of Well you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we 
talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party, got that vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got that light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah.